Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. My name is Umar Hamid. I'm your host on the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategy, and advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Just before we get started, I've got a question for you. Do you have a negative voice inside your head? We all do, right? I'm going to help you remove that voice in under 30 days guaranteed. Not only remove it, but transform it. So instead of the voice that sabotages you, there's one that propels you to much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the No Limit Selling Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking to Rich Lewis in Ottawa, Canada, the capital of this fine country. Um, We're going to talk real estate and how to become better, stronger, faster in this amazing uh, occupation, profession. Rich, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me, Omar. So what's a nice boy like you doing an industry like this? When did you first enter real estate and when did you become an agent? Uh, so I, my journey started basically investing in real estate. That's something I started probably in 2013. Um, and I always had a little passion for real estate in a sense when it comes to investing and, and, and kind of building wealth that way. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I got started into the business and, uh, selling real estate. Uh, I've only been selling real estate for under five years. So, uh, selling it, it hasn't been too, too long, but I feel like, uh, I started on a, on a good note and um, it's been, it's been great. I can't complain. How many transactions the first year? First year I did just under 30. I did like 28. Holy um, cow. You're a rock star. Yeah, it was, it was all right. It was a, it was a good start. Um, and then in my second year, I, I kind of took off with about 46 transactions and uh, it's been going well. Yeah, it's been going well. We were interviewing someone on, or I was interviewing someone on the show uh, last year and him and no other agents, just uh, staff to back him up, 500 transactions a year. It's like, uh, oh, that's crazy. It's like pretty crazy. That's, that's insane. That's insane. Because I've, I've only, um, I just recently uh, had a partner join me because I've been a solo the whole time. So that's a lot of work. I, I appreciate that. That's a lot of work. So getting a partner, that is uh, sometimes a better considered decision than getting a spouse. (laughs) Long and hard before you get a business partner. So tell me what was going on that made you think about getting a partner. And then uh, we'll talk about the criteria you used to select one. So what was going on that made you think I need a partner? Sure. Um, Basically I realized real quick that it's not something I can do on my own and I can't be in two places at the same time. So as work started getting busier, That's negative thinking, I, dude, can't be yeah. <laughs> at the same time. Sorry, you were saying, didn't mean to interrupt. No, 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 that's fine. Um, you know, sometimes negative thoughts creep in my mind, I guess. Um, so it was, it was something that I always kind of planned on doing down the road. I just wasn't sure when was the right time. And uh, as you know, the right time is always when you, when you're thinking about it, you're already past it. So you, you kind of have to act. So, once I started getting a little busier and I found, okay, I need someone to come in with me, but I also wanted someone that's, you know, very close to my brand and something that's going to represent a good, um, I guess you can say image or reputation. So when he works with clients, we're all on the same page and, and we're all given the same service. Brilliant. Um, so it, it, it wasn't easy. Like you said, it does, it does take time to find the right person to fit that criteria. And that's why I was holding off for a very long time. But, um, 
Lyman is someone that just joined me and he was, he's a good friend of mine that I known for a very long time, which helped a lot the, the situation. And uh, I decided to uh, basically partner up with them and uh, bring them on board. All right. So did you have an admin person before that? No, I do not. And I still don't. So that's my next, um, my next hire would be an admin person. I've been doing all my paperwork on my own, which mm-hmm. in a way, in a way was good because I get to learn a lot and I know how to do it myself. Absolutely. Yep. So I got to, um, I guess you can say, learn the, the admin side of things. Now, I am lucky at my brokerage. We do have an admin that kind of helps out with that kind of stuff if I do need them to help out, which they do. Nice. Uh, so, no, I don't have an admin yet, but that's definitely on my list of next up to, uh, to the next hire, basically. So we've interviewed uh, a lot of people on this show. Uh, and one piece of advice uh, all the leaders have given is get staff sooner than you think. People wait too mm-hmm. long before they go there because ultimately at the end of the day, uh, there's only a certain percentage of your time that is income producing. And if you're not uh, customer facing and deal closing, that it is a waste of your time doing the other stuff. So good for you getting a partner. It's more unusual than... Uh, most people get the admin first, but uh, it's easier mm-hmm. to write admin for two people and makes it more cost effective as well. Yeah, so I don't disagree with you. You're completely right. And it's funny I said I was listening to a podcast this week, which kind of pushed me a little bit to, towards looking into that sooner than later. Uh, but the good part is I do have uh, my, my partner does do all the buying and the rentals and I focus a lot on the listings. And that's kind of the situation we have right now. At the same time, he's learning how to do the paperwork as well because nice. he is new. So um, I'm getting a little bit of best of both worlds at right now, but I am definitely, definitely looking to someone to um, get that, like you said, the non-producing stuff out of the way. Okay, so here's some, uh, if you're not doing this, do this 100% for sure. Is that you're training your new partner on some of these, uh, some of the paperwork, some of the other stuff. Yes. Uh, get a screen sharing program. So when you're actually showing them how to do the paperwork, you're capturing it on how you want to do it. Because the next person that comes on board, rather than you doing it one on one, there'll be a series of videos that you've already done that they can review those, start doing those, and then you need to spend ten percent of your time making sure they get it, as opposed to recreating the whole thing again. So take this as a as an opportunity to create resources for uh, Lewis Inc. And also it gets you to be a lot more uh, focused when you're teaching because you know it's being captured on video. And uh, so it's just a great resource. So don't waste the time you're investing right now. Uh, Capture it. So as you guys both grow, you can use these tools to train people in how you guys do real estate. Actually, that's, uh, I like that a lot. That's actually a great idea. That's, uh, that's awesome. All right, brilliant. So uh, real estate in some regards is a pretty simple business. But in other regards, it's really tough. Like the toughest thing is you know, you know our own mindset that gets in the way of us performing at the level we want. And also it's uh, we're dealing with humans, buyers, mm-hmm. sellers, loan officers, and that brings that other equation into it. So tough in that sense. Uh, so what are some of the areas that realtors around you and maybe you still have challenges with? Like if we were picking five topics that if we could teach realtors how to do this 
these five things flawlessly that it would make uh, this industry a lot better. Like, what are the areas of challenge? Do you think? I do. I do feel this industry is um, is, is very obviously the reputation. A lot of people think that the realtors have a bad reputation. We're car salesmen, glorified car salesmen, and pushy salespeople. At the end of the day, um, I do believe that everything is kind of somewhat of a sale, right? Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to negotiating, you negotiate everything, even if you have kids. You negotiate oh, them. You need to learn you from know? your kids because they're way better yeah. than you. Because yeah, they know yeah, exactly. to mom or dad and what tone of voice and what do I need to say to get the mm -hmm. yes that I want, baby. Exactly, and if that doesn't work, exactly. I throw myself on the floor and scream and yell. But exactly, you're not wrong. So I do, I do believe uh, maybe that that's that part of the aspect of people maybe learn sales a little better. Maybe understand the 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 what, what goes through someone's mind when it comes to selling, less about what you say. Because mm -hmm. uh, you can you can sell a lot of things without even saying too much, right? If you listen and you just pay attention a little more, it's easier mm -hmm. to kind of provide something and sell something. Um, I do believe that's one of them. Um, when it comes to organization, I do believe some realtors are all over the place trying to do 15 things at once. Uh, maybe narrow it down and, like you said, get some help and and kind of organize their, uh, I guess, uh, their uh, their work better. That, that could be a, something I do see a, a lot of real estate agents could, you know, potentially have help with. Um, other than those two, uh, like you said, mindset is huge because this business is really, I've noticed pretty quick, it's, you can get very dark and lonely. It's a lonely business when you're working and, and you're trying to be a high producer. Yeah. And so what's kind of interesting is when things are going well for you. You see the world diff differently, you show up mm -hmm. differently, and more good things happen. But if things turn sideways, then you're looking at the world through dark lenses, and you end up finding darker things, and it can spiral up or it can spiral down. It's all about what's happening in here. I agree, and it's, uh, it's, it's definitely hard sometimes for some people. If you're having a few bad months, uh, one of the hardest jobs of this business is to stay in business. So. So mindset is crucial, right? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, I think it's everything. It's not, I, I believe it's literally everything. You have to have the right mindset and you have to be patient. Hold that thought for a second. This is a sponsor. We'll be right back. If you're ready to let go of anxiety, let go of uncertainty, let go of doubt, Mindset Boosters gives you the ability to decide how you act and feel in any situation. Ready to take charge of your mindset? Go to MindsetBoosters.com. So, Rich, uh, I'm just reading this book about uh, uh, Winston Churchill, his first year in office, and the war had started like literally as he uh, comes into office. Germany has uh, almost invaded, uh, taken over France. They're about to basically give up. And so it's that first year of his uh, prime ministership. And mm -hmm. one of the things that came out of the book was Goering was the guy in charge of the air campaign from the German side of things, and he was a fighter ace from a previous generation. So his strategies and how to actually do dogfights and how to conduct a campaign were old school and everything's progressed. And because that was his belief, he kept Germany in this old way of doing things. And had they actually listened to their fighter pilots, they would have been much better off and we'd all be speaking German now. But, <laughs> so it's all mindset, right? That's what we do. That know. And so what do you do right now to keep a positive mindset because you need to inoculize yourself because uh, if you're not feeding positive stuff in there, uh, you let negative stuff come in. So what are you doing right now to stay in the zone? 
That's a great question. I do a lot. And um, to be honest, I, I meditate, I work out and, and I do a lot of stuff that make me that ground me. And those are my outlet that I kind of recharge so I can stay positive. So I always start my morning with a workout. That's something that's a non-negotiable. Me too. Um, you know, not non-negotiable. Um, so I start with, I start there and it keeps me, you know, sharp when I'm, when I'm, my mind is clear and it's, and it's sharp for the day. I do meditate. I don't take too much time on that. I'll probably do maybe five, 10 minutes a day just to kind of ground myself and be, you know, grateful for everything I have and kind of, um, you know, put some positive, you know, thoughts in my head before the day starts. And I look at everything with a, with a positive lens. I know it sounds super cliche, but at the end of the day, there's a lot of positives. You just have to kind of make sure that you're, you're, you're not, you're not, sitting and reminiscing with all the negative and just kind of face it and deal with it and push it to the side and kind of, kind of move forward. Brilliant so. advice. And I'm just going to add to that. Uh, uh, bad shit's going to happen to you, Rich. Already has probably. Yeah, all and the time. Yeah. We're like humans. So here is something that I heard, which is like, just like mind blowing. It's like really asking the question, what is the gift in this defeat? And if you look at what went wrong, then you kind of stay in the wrong. But if you look at what's the gift that came out of this, and almost always there's a gift in there if you can just see it. And that is the way to transcend what's happening is to go, oh, this is forcing me to focus on what's the most productive thing I can do. That other project that was a side project failed. This is a gift getting me to refocus. And then just gives you a direction to go in and it gives you the energy to get going in that direction. You don't have to like uh, get up and do a sprint because maybe you don't feel that way, but finding the right direction, getting up and taking the first step is all you need to get unstuck and start moving in the right direction. Yes, I agree. And, and, it's, and to be honest, for what you said there, not every day is going to be a great day and that's okay. Yeah. You just, have, you just have to acknowledge that that's okay, but like, don't, don't make it a bad week just because you had a one bad day. It just like you said, you can always learn and to, if something happens to you, there's a reason and there's always a lesson there. If you can just take a little bit of that, accept that, you know what, stuff happens and, and kind of learn from it and move on. Less, the thing is, it's less things are not, okay, less bad things are not going to keep happening to you. You're just going to know how to deal with them better. And that's how, that's all it is as you age and as you experience life is you just deal with things better. So I'm going to, I'm going to challenge you there. Uh, all the great advice is if, uh, you come out from a workout uh, tomorrow morning mm -hmm. and somebody cuts you off in traffic. The chance of you overreacting on this thing is going to be a lot less than if you didn't have a workout and you're like, I freaking didn't get a workout. I had a bad morning. And then it's like, it becomes bigger. And I think, uh, a, you perceive them less, but I also think there's this attraction thing. So I'm not like think positive thoughts, positive things happen, but, think positive thoughts, you start searching the universe for positive things. And instead of going this way, you go that way. So you tend end up getting more of those coming your way. Uh, do you think that's just a, a notion or do you think there's some truth to that? I, I think there's some truth to that. I do believe that. Me too. Um, yeah. I don't believe like you just get lucky for, for no reason. I think there's a reason why people that are quote unquote lucky, they work harder. They always put themselves in an opportunity to when they receive it, which they're, they're more prepared to kind of handle it. And I do, I do believe there's, there's truth to that. Yeah. I heard this quote once, you know, uh, success is all about luck. Ask any failure. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. Isn't it? Yeah. And, the, 
And the other thing I'd like to share with you and the listeners is this, is uh, some of the things we're talking about, let's say they're, uh, they're bullshit and they're lies, but I'm a firm believer in this concept of useful lies. Mm. So if you think about some of the things that Einstein talked about and his theories, some of them have been proven to be absolutely true. Some of them not so much, but they still allowed us to invent cell phones. Mm -hmm. So if you thought that, you know, hey, me finding the gift in this bad thing happened, what's the gift? Even if that wasn't uh, true, is it useful? And the answer is yes. And so it's all about finding useful things that allow you to show up more powerfully so you can be more of service to the people that you work with, Rich, and that I work with. Mm -hmm. And so tell me about a time where uh, things went south for you, Rich, as an agent and what you did to turn these things around and kind of get, because, you know, everyone can talk about, I am, I'm amazing and I'm successful. What people really want to know is, holy crap, things were going sideways. And this is what I did to write the ship, because that's advice they can use right away. Uh, do you have one of those stories where uh, you got an epiphany oh. and it kind of changed things around? Um, yeah, I mean, there's, okay, when you're dealing with people and emotions and a lot of transactions in a sense of like, they're not small transaction and it's, it's, it's important to show up in a certain way for some people. So I had a client um, that basically, let's just say that the transaction went through, but towards the end, they decided to change their mind and they're like, I don't want to sell. Yeah. And this is, this is after, after everything was signed, after everything. And I was kind of like, okay, well, this is kind of not how it works, but there's ways that you can figure this out. So uh, th that day was a pretty tough day because that sale was basically an eight-month process that was that wow. we going through. Yeah, it was it was long, and uh, there's a lot of ups and downs. And the thing is, at the end of the day, you have to always remind the people why they're doing what they're doing. So, for example, the specific person wanted to sell to move on to something better. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of negatives that were kind of like you know regrets, I guess you can say. But at the end of the day, when we hone it down and have a conversation, why we're doing this. Look at the, you know, at the result that you want, what you want to achieve. And it kind of made, made them think, you know what, you're right. I overreacted. Maybe, I, maybe when you're dealing with people's emotions, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to, you, you can't tell people how to feel and you can't tell, you can't force people to do something. Right. So it's one of those things that you have to kind of just, it was hard for me to sit back and, and kind of just be like, you know what, this might not happen and it is what it is, but as long as they're, as long as I guide them in the right direction, they can do the right decision. It is what it is. And the decision they make, if, if it's right for them, then it's right for me. And what happened with that decision? What did they decide to do? So they decided at the end of the day, they decided to sell the home after talking to their lawyer, after talking to me, after talking to their family. They, just, they did finally decide to sell the home. Now they did get a, I won't lie here, they did get a little bit of, a, they had to pay a little bit of issues because we went over a certain deadlines and stuff like mm. that. So yep. it did cost them. It did cost them a little bit of money, uh, for, but, but to be fair, they needed they needed that time to realize, and they needed maybe a little slap on the wrist to to to, to realize. Okay, you know what? This is the right thing to do. Let's move forward. So, so rich in the grand scheme of things, uh, you don't need an agent to sell your property. But when shit goes sideways, if you've got somebody that's an expert by your side, it makes that that hiccup so much easier. And the reason to get the agent is to A, avoid those. And mm -hmm. B, if it goes sideways, if you've got like a, a, a grounded professional 
to help you navigate that is crucial. And so that's what you did for this client. And uh, another example is uh, it was a agent I was interviewing. And one of the things they told me was it was one of the, it was their first deal. And uh, the buyers had wanted to go for this house and not go for the house that was more expensive. And he forced them to buy the most expensive one, the more expensive one. And at closing, uh, the wife took him aside and said, uh, John, I just want to thank you so much for mm. helping us get the house we truly want as opposed to trying to save $20,000. Because in the grand scheme of things, all of this transaction scary is I thank you, my family thank you for doing that. And that only mm. comes from trust and expertise because you're not going to force anybody to buy something, but he really framed it in a way that they understood that, you know, hey, it's better to pay the extra and get what we truly want as opposed to every day kind of go, huh, wish we yeah. got the other one. And that's well, what we do. And that's why it's a good job to get them is when, when you need them, they're there with expertise and advice and resources that you wouldn't have by yourself. That's true. That's true. I'm actually dealing with something right now very similar to this. My client wants to, well, want to quote unquote, they want to buy a house outside the city, but they're not, they're, they're very city people. And mm. I'm trying to tell them, guys, this is not, this is an hour away. This is far. Do you truly want to, is this what you want? Yes, yes, yes. So we went, we drove out there a few times. I made them drive up there a few times <laughs> just, just to kind of realize like how far this is. Drive at just four o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, they're like, you know what, Rich? You're right. Maybe I'll spend a little more in Stan City. But at the end of the day, I'm just the type, I, I, I stand by my clients. If they want something specific, I'll do my best to get it done. But uh, at the end of the day, they're the boss, right? I'm just, uh, I'm just here for the ride. I'm advisor, helping them do that. And I think... It's uh, interesting how you did that because you could really say, you know, it's going to be an hour commute. Do you really want to do this? He's like, no, drive it, experience it, and then let me know what you think. And I think that's, uh, that's critical. So, Rich, uh, before we part company, what's one piece of advice you want to give uh, new agents? You've been in the business five years. What's something you wish you knew when you first started that would have let you be even more successful than you were? Um. Something I wish I knew is maybe it's it's not everything has to get done immediately, okay? And because people think they're they come in day one and they're like, oh my god, I don't have clients, I don't have a deal yet, I don't have this, I don't have to. everything takes a little bit of time, and it's okay that it takes a little bit of time. And I, I do um, I do want to like emphasize patience is key in this business. So mm. if you are starting, just be patient, but put in the work every day that is required. It's like the gym, right? You put in work every day at the gym. You're not going to see results every day. You're going to see it down the road 30 days later, but you have to put in those 30 days. So it's the same thing with this business. I come into work, even when I don't have work, I come into work because I have to put in those little, little amount of work every day to eventually, you know, it will lead to something. So just be patient and put in the work. That's uh, sometimes not the easiest thing to do. Absolutely. Rich, uh, Thank you so much for being on the program. It was executable advice that's really going to help a lot of people. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Omar. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming 
and that is the fastest way to get better results.